0: Welcome to Insurance Uncovered, the first podcast to bring you insurance news and perspective from thought leaders in the property casualty insurance industry. Insurance Uncovered is produced by the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies. Hello everyone, I'm Kathy Imus, and today we're uncovering Hurricane Laura, how remote work has allowed adjusters to get survivors the help they need faster, plus cybersecurity in a pandemic, Why the focus on compliance is now more important than ever. New estimates for insured property losses associated with the Category 4 Hurricane Laura fall into the $8 billion range. Laura made landfall last week in Louisiana, packing winds of up to 150 miles per hour, leaving widespread power outages and property destruction in its wake. The storm was responsible for 19 deaths in Louisiana and Texas. More than 580,000 coastal residents were evacuated and 67,000 have already registered for assistance from FEMA. Insurers are already at work to help policyholders affected by the storm. National Flood Service Director of Government Relations, Cynthia DeVincenti says remote adjusting has become critical during the pandemic.
1: That's been beneficial because not only does it allow us to handle someone's claim, whether it's a cat or even just a, a smaller flooding event, we've found that it cuts down the processing time by several days, probably you know, not quite half, but maybe five to 10 days shorter using remote adjusting as opposed to waiting for an adjuster to physically go out and inspect the property. But basically, while the adjuster's on the phone or the smartphone, They are actually able to, when the policyholder is showing them something, they're able to snap a photo of it and build that into their claim file. So as they're writing the claim, they have the measurements, they have the photographs of the damaged property, and can build their estimate just from that information.
0: Hurricane Laura is the seventh major storm to hit the coast of Louisiana since Hurricane Katrina 15 years ago. On Capitol Hill, the Senate remains in recess until the Tuesday after Labor Day, while the House is scheduled to reconvene a week later. When lawmakers do return, they will have a heavy agenda and little time to act. Spending legislation to avoid a government shutdown must be passed by the end of September. And Congress is likely to pass a short-term resolution that will simply maintain current spending levels until the election or until a new Congress has convened next year. Another win for business interruption litigation in Florida, where a judge dismissed a restaurant's suit seeking to force its insurer to cover its losses because of government-mandated closures amid the COVID-19 pandemic. And in California, a federal judge ruled for an insurer in another similar COVID-related case, saying that losses from inability to use property don't amount to, quote, direct physical loss of or damage to property. There are more than 1,000 state and federal cases against insurers claiming business interruption coverage to date and only a handful of judicial decisions so far, of which most have been in favor of the insurer. If your company is not already subject to cybersecurity compliance requirements, it soon will be. Unlike some laws that only apply to domestic insurers, when the National Association of Insurance Commissioners' Model Insurance Data Security Act is enacted, it will apply to all insurance companies licensed in the state where it is enacted. On today's Unscripted, NAMIC's Chuck Chamniss talks with NAMIC Insurance Company Vice President of Compliance and Product Development, Lisa Sladek, about how COVID-19 has impacted cybersecurity and insurance.
2: While the pandemic has dominated the headlines and front lines of corporate America throughout the first half of this year, there are other issues that continue to be of significant interest and attention by insurance companies. My guest today on Insurance Uncovered is someone who is not only well-versed in the impact of the pandemic, but also very familiar with another issue on the minds of companies everywhere, and that's cybersecurity. Joining me to talk about where things stand on this issue is Lisa Sladek, Vice President Compliance and Product Development for NAMIC Insurance Company, or NAMICO. Lisa is responsible for countrywide recommendations Countrywide Regulatory Compliance of Company Operations for the Development of Namico's Professional Liability Underwriting Programs and Products. Oh, that's a mouthful. Thank you for joining me today, Lisa, and thanks for joining me to talk about cybersecurity and insurance. How are you?
1: Thanks, Chuck. Cybersecurity and insurance are my favorite topic, so I'm happy to join you, and I'm doing well, thanks.
2: Well, I'm sure they'll be mine by the end of this. Uh, interview. But right now <laughs> I'm gonna have to learn a little more. In fact, let's just start with a, ge- a general question. You know, every stakeholder at Namek and our member companies at Namico have a stake in how the company's doing. So how is Namico holding up during this uh, unusual year?
1: Unusual it is. We're actually doing quite well. Um, you know, from a surprisingly from a growth standpoint, we are we're tearing up the road. We have um in Two thirds of the year, we have far exceeded our growth goals and premium goals for the year. Um, it's been tough. I mean, I won't, I won't um, mince words. It's been hard on everybody, and the sense of teamwork has probably been the biggest challenge. But frankly, frankly, we have a a really sound group of folks around here that work closely together. So that piece is that piece is doing all right. Um, we're fortunate mm. that I probably wouldn't have said this to you three years ago, but um, we weren't. Um, ready for cybersecurity when New York rolled out their regulations, but it put us in a position when we had to send all the folks to work from home that we had a a very sound infrastructure that let us um, get things done a little more quickly with the the pandemic work from home directives.
2: Well, glad to hear that. Um, So, you know, the, the headline in the last five years, 10 years, I mean, is technology, and the way our industry is adapted to it, and then of course there are also threats that come with technology, and so making sure that we have cybersecurity taken care of. Uh, how is that being um, viewed? You know, even in light of of this pandemic year,
1: it's absolutely more important than ever. Um, I know you know priorities and resources have had to shift in IT, but you know there's just I've. I keep on top of what's going on in the industry. And, you know, I read something the other day that over half of businesses have experienced a cyber scare since the COVID lockdown. And the FBI reports that cyber attack complaints are up some wild number like 4,000 a day or a 400 percent increase over pre-coronavirus rates. So, you know, ransomware and email fraud or continue to be top cyber threats and and actually what we've seen is the phishing attacks via email are up probably around 50 percent since we've shifted to a remote workforce so the folks in it and making sure we continue to comply with all those regulations and make sure that we stay operational have definitely got their hands full those hackers are still hacking
2: well one of the great things about you and your role is uh, you know you're a practitioner as an amico uh, staff person you also keep a um, finger in the regulatory space working with our compliance team and our policy team but can you give us a sense of what's going on uh, in the cyber uh, security space um, you know at the NAIC or at the regulatory uh, level generally and did the pandemic prompt any regulatory changes to uh, address those threats that you already mentioned around cybersecurity?
1: Let me see if I can get these one at a time. So we continue to see states adopt the NAIC model act. Um, Eleven states have already done so, last count, and I think we've got about six states considering legislation um, upcoming. Regardless of where insurers are required to comply with, you know, a minimum, companies really need to consider the commonalities of those regs and consider them both um, as best practices. Most of what we've been seeing at the state level has been with departments departments of insurance related to pandemic, orders and directives geared toward premium payments, licensing, and negotiating remote work. Um, New York specifically did offer some guidance, um, strongly suggesting insurers provide additional safeguards to combat hacking. Um, I think they specifically listed multi-factor authentication as something we all need to have in place to kind of... Stop the enemies at the gates. Um, and I'm sure, or I shouldn't say I'm sure, I fully expect we'll start to see more legislative changes as a result of what what's really actually happened throughout the pandemic. On further down the road, the actual regulatory changes are a little more slow to happen than the directives and orders we see out of the DOIs.
2: Well, given that many companies have shifted, in fact, pretty much all have shifted to a work from home, for remote environment and Namico is certainly among them and Namik. Um, how's that impacted cybersecurity, and and perhaps also you could address privacy issues?
1: Um, communicating securely surely does look much different now than it did six months ago from employees utilizing home computers to the proliferation of video conferencing for folks to stay connected has changed things completely for our IT staffs. I mean, we always have to remember as an insurer, our data is an asset. You know, we have a responsibility to protect that information. Um, information security policies in place um, are an operational necessity, and we really have to keep all those things in in place and um, focus even more now because of the environment. Um, we're working in. It's a distributed environment. Instead of having all those computers and employees in one place, they are everywhere. <clears throat> um, privacy. privacy and cybersecurity, that's um, two sides of the coin. Cybersecurity is actually protecting our consumer information, our policyholder information, Where privacy is is more focused towards what we do with the information when we have it. Do we sell it? Do we disclose it? And giving those privacy is is focused on the rights of the consumers, whether it's CCPA in California that was recently uh, affected or what's been going on in the E with GDPR. Privacy is is probably the next frontier in my mind. Cybersecurity is going to continue um, based on the NAIC model. It'll evolve. Um, but I think privacy is the the next evolution that we'll see in how we handle information. Right now, we've been focused on protecting it. The next the next piece will be how we how we use that information.
2: So, last question is we're almost out of time. But uh, you know, what do you see on the horizon for cybersecurity, and what's Namico doing uh, from a product standpoint? I know cyber Um, coverage has been one of the fastest growing lines in the property casualty insurance world. Uh, so maybe you can address those two things as uh, part of our last question.
1: Absolutely. So on the horizon for cybersecurity, I think we're going to see enforcement ramp up. There have been a couple of things I've noticed in the past month. One was a a million-dollar fine for failing to encrypt a device used for work, Um, and I think they were beyond that cited for not having an inventory of of the devices being used. They weren't um, protecting the third-party arrangements. So all those things that are part of a sound information security policy Um, were not being complied with and effectively cost them quite a lot of money. Um, New York Department of Financial Services issued their first enforcement action in July. Um, It was against a company for exposing about 850 million records and their potential fine is about 1,000 per violation, so that's kind of scary stuff. Um, Cybersecurity policies to me are just an essential part of, of good business these days. Uh, Namco does have a new cybersecurity product. It's very robust, cutting edge. I like to take pride and then I'm responsible for product development in knowing that we provide products that are tailored for our member companies and give them the protection they need, it's absolutely worth the investment. When you consider the costs of fines and breaches and ransom, that that cybersecurity protection is, is definitely money well spent. And keep in mind, too, um, those cybersecurity products come with a whole host of risk mitigation tools to help our member companies be compliant, and the NAMIC Cybersecurity Resource Center is out there that provides a lot of informational and educational guides. So whatever's going on in the cybersecurity world, one way or another, we're here to help in some capacity for all of our members.
2: Well, that's all the time we have. Lisa, thank you so much for uh, sharing with our listeners both uh, elements of your job description, both the compliance and the product development uh, with Namek Insurance Company. It's been a great uh, interview and appreciate your time.
0: Thank you very much. And that's a wrap for this episode of Insurance Uncovered. We'll be back again on September 16th with more insurance news and interviews. Remember, if you have a topic or issue you'd like us to uncover, don't hesitate to let us know. You can always send us an email at uncovered Until next time, I'm Kathy Imus. I hope you have a great day.